0: Revelation chapter 13. Watch out for those 13s. Revelation chapter 13. We're going to be in Revelation chapter 13. Last Sunday I was uh, preaching on uh, Revelation 12, and I I, I said, Lord willing, and Jesus Christ doesn't come back, I'm going to try to preach on Revelation 13. Well, I got some bad news for you. Jesus Christ didn't come back, so I am going to be preaching on (laughs) Revelation 13. I'm praying the Lord will come back. I want Him to come take us out of this old wicked world. There Ain't much left for me to love about this world. And if you love this world, you need to get right with God because there ain't much like about this world. Now, when I say this world, I'm not talking about the flowers and the trees and God's creation. I'm talking about the way this world system is set up, and it's not set up for anything good for a Christian. You know, I, I turn on these, I turn on the TV or turn on the internet, and I see these protesters that are out there screaming and hollering and running around acting like fools but those same states those same states, they're not allowed to go to church they're up in new york and they're protesting by the thousands by the tens of thousands but they still won't let them go into church that's the kind of world we're living in right now now last last uh... last sunday i preached on the antichrist and i preached on the devil is coming and he is coming and i showed you there was a war that breaks out in heaven and when the war breaks out in heaven michael the archangel kicks out the devil and his angels. And then that verse 12 of Revelation 12 says, Therefore rejoice ye, heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And I I showed you how I believe that those are visitors from outer space. I preached last Sunday that these are going to be visitors from outer space, that the, that the Antichrist is going to appear as a visitor from outer space. And he's going to come down, and he's going to have all the answers to the world's problems. And I give you verses to try to support why I believe that. Well, dun-dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, time for the news. Like I've told you before, this Bible always runs way ahead of anything you're going to read on the news. Just read your Bible and you're going to know what's going to happen tomorrow. Because what I was preaching that uh, Sunday and it wasn't through the middle of the week. You got dun, 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 dun. The Pentagon, with the Pentagon UFO unit in the spotlight, report from the Pentagon unit spotlight mentions off-world vehicles not made on this earth. They're about to start releasing some stuff from the Pentagon. There's special units on UFOs, and there's, there's lots and lots of rumors, according to this report, that those, those, they're finding UFOs that are vehicles that are not from this world. They don't know where they come from. Their technology, they can't explain, and they're calling them off world. Are you ready? Yeah. He's coming. Are you ready? Uh, Sister Marwitz, she was kind enough to give me a heads up. I think that somebody was on Tuck, Tucker Carlson's show, but she was giving me some heads up. and She said when they went away from that show, they were talking about this stuff, that the lady on there said, uh, I would welcome otherworldly overlords versus the liberal Democrats, which kind of makes sense, right? Like, if you gave me an option between uh, Hillary Clinton and an alien coming down from another planet and ruling over me, I would th- take the alien from another planet. That's what she was saying. And I don't blame her one bit. I don't, I, I don't expect that alien to take my guns away from me. They're coming. They're coming. But see, what people think is, and I I preached on this last Sunday, people think that you think there's there's aliens from another another world, and they're coming down, and, and that's how the devil's got you fooled. The devil's got you fooled into thinking that he's coming from another planet. This Antichrist is coming from another planet. He's not coming from another planet. He's coming from another dimension. He's coming from under the world. He's coming from a place, a spiritual place. He's coming from the third heaven. Here he comes. Now, I preached on all this, and I'll have that up on the Internet if you, if you weren't here. And some of this is not making sense, and I tried to make a little more sense of it. But I wanted to show you. This stuff's starting to go around, and I wanted to read some of this stuff to back up what I was saying last Sunday. So just in case, now these, these, uh, these scientists, some of these scientists, I'm, re- I'm, I'm going to read these quotes to you. These are not Christians. These are not Bible-believing Christians. These are just scientists, and this is what they have to say about the UFO phenomenon. Now, last Sunday I mentioned this. I went down that rabbit hole of UFOs. I went way down that rabbit hole. And I finally got out of that rabbit hole. What I found out was all these atheists, all these non-believers in God, they would say it was impossible that these UFOs are coming from another planet. It's scientifically impossible. They have to either be coming from another dimension or they have to be coming from ter- under, under terrestrial, in other words, under the earth. That's where they have to be coming from. Now, these are not Christians. These are atheists saying that. Now, listen to this. Many UFO reports seem to pertain more to the accounts of poltergeists and psychic manifestations. I cannot accept the obvious explanation of UFOs as visitors from outer space. He says this is more like a ghost and poltergeists, these alien encounters. Now listen to this. This guy here, this quote from this guy, This guy's name is Jacques Vallée. This guy is very, very well-known in the UFO community. Very, very smart. Very, very respected. This is what he says. An impressive parallel can be made between UFO occupants and the popular conception of demons. Many of the UFO reports now being published in the popular press recount alleged incidents that are strikingly similar to demonic possession. We are part of a symbolic relationship with something which disguises itself as an extraterrestrial invasion. Alistair Crowley, renowned Satanist. Alistair Crowley said, Today they call them angels and demons. Tomorrow they will call them something else. When that Antichrist comes down off that, out of that UFO ship, Mother Babylon ship, and he steps out, and he has all the answers to the world, the world's going to accept him like he's an alien from another world. Revelation 13, 1. Revelation 13, 1. What is this Antichrist going to be like? What is this... Uh, alien, from this visitor from another world, this otherworldly person. What's he going to be like? Well, Revelation chapter 13 is going to explain everything he's like, what's going to happen to him, and how he's going to control the whole world. And I'm here to tell you this morning, as we read through this, you're going to notice a lot of this stuff is starting to take place before our very eyes. By the hour, by the day, this stuff is taking place, and it should wake you up. That Jesus Christ is about to come back. And I can't wait. Revelation 13, 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. The name of blasphemy. Brother Wade, do you mind praying over this sermon, please, brother? Yes. Yes, Father, please. Amen. All right, so this is going to be as much a preaching as a teaching, but I'm going to teach you on the Antichrist. What he set up to do, what he's going to do there. Now it says he rises up out of the sea. What's interesting about that, the sea right there would represent all the nations, like the nations. And the Bible says that in the end, when God, re, when God recreates the new heavens and the new earth, the Bible says there will be no more sea. Amen. There's something wrong with those seas. Water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. You can get on the water, it's salty, you can't drink it, but there's water everywhere. That sea that you see out there, that ocean is cursed. God's going to do away with it. God's going to do away with it. The Antichrist rises up out of the sea. Notice he has seven heads and ten horns, and upon his his horns ten crowns. Something's changed about this beast. Because remember back in Revelation 12, verse 3, it's described as there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. Seven crowns upon his heads. The crowns have moved to his horns. Something's changed. Well, we know something's changed because the devil has been cast out of that third heaven and now he's coming down onto the earth. So we know that much has been changed, but something's changed in there. And those... those seven heads, they represent mountains and kingdoms. That's Revelation 17. And those horns, they represent kings. There's a ten federated kingdom. There's ten kings that are going to get together. And the last times, be it the Illuminati, the Trilateral Commission, whatever you want to call them, they're going to get together. And they're going to rule, try to rule this whole world as a secret society type of thing. They're going to try to get together rule the whole world. Revelation 17 tells us that one of them is done away with and then he rises up and, do, and he comes back. That'll be the Antichrist in verse 2. But let's, let's see this description of the Antichrist. Verse 2, And the beast, who we call the Antichrist, which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as a mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him power and his seat and great authority. So let's study that out in verse 2. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, The body was like a leopard. A leopard is a multiracial. A leopard has black spots, white underbelly, brown brown fur, yellow fur. He represents all the nations, all the races. That would represent America, a multiracial country, a multiracial system. And that's the leopard. That's that great beast. That's his body. And it says his feet. His feet was the feet of a bear. That bear represents, we know this, what country does that bear represent? It represents Russia, USSR. I remember about 15 years ago, they said Russia's been declawed, Russia's no more, USSR's done away with. Well, now we're living in 2020. That's not so. That's not so at all. And his mouth, and of course that Russia, that feet, that would represent the military power. The Antichrist military power is going to come through Russia, through great Russia, that military power, through his feet. And it says, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. So this strange beast had the, had the body of a leopard, had the feet of a bear, had the mouth of a lion. Lion, that represents England, which represents the universal language, English of the end times. Have you been paying attention when these... Uh, When these uh, when these missionaries come in they present what they're doing over in other countries a lot of times almost every time they'll say Yeah, English is a second language a lot of them can speak English and that be might not be really good Fluent with it, but they can understand English and they can understand what that's not true in America You either understand English or that's it Even, even with Spanish a lot of us don't know Spanish in here It would be very helpful to know Spanish English is the universal language of the end times that's represented with that line, with England, with, the, with that lion's mouth, which would be English. And, and the lion, of course, is always represented in England all through history. So you got the leopard, you got the bear, you got the lion. And the dragon gave him his power. Dragon, what what country would that represent? What country has a symbol of a dragon? Well, that's China. <laughs> So, you got America, you got Russia, you got England, you got China. It's just like it is 2,000 years later. There it is right there. Do you know who's been doing war games together since 2003? Russia and China have been together doing war games since 2003. That dragon, the great symbol of Chinese, the Chinese dragon, that great symbol represents China, the dragon. We also know that dragon also represents Satan. The dragon also represents Satan. And Satan, so Satan's given this Antichrist his great power and his seat and great authority. But we do know, according to Scripture and through prophecy right there, that China's going to have a big to do with this. Now we know what's going on with China. Well, China, America and China are not getting along right now. We just took, we just took over their embassy in Houston and ran them out of there. They're spying on us, supposedly. Now, I don't know how much is true, whatever it's not true, but this stuff is coming to a boil. Amen. China and Russia and America and England's going to be right up there with them. Yes. Man, it's just crazy. It's all right there. And this, remember, this was written 2,000 years ago. Verse 3, something happens. And I saw one of his heads of, the, of this beast, as it were, wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. The Antichrist is assassinated, Antichrist rises up as a leader and somewhere along the way about first somewhere between that three and a half years, the first three and a half years that the the Antichrist is risen up, he's trying to lead the world, he's trying to bring peace, he's trying to show that he can show a better way and while he's doing that somebody assassinates him. He receives a a wound to death and I saw one of his heads, heads as it were wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed but he's resurrected now, who's done that before? He's called the Antichrist for a reason. He's mimicking Christ. He's going to die and he's going to come up again. Just like Jesus Christ did. He's going to be resurrected. He receives that wound and it appears that he dies. I don't know for sure if he dies completely, but it appears he dies to death, wounded to death and his, wo- he, and his wo- deadly wound was healed and all the world wondered after the beast. This is going to be something that's going to amaze the whole world. It's amazing when you read this because you see this stuff like all the world. A hundred years ago, all the world wouldn't know this. No matter what happened and wherever it was at, all the world wouldn't know it. It might take months and months and months and months for the papers to reach, for the news to reach, but with the internet today, it's instantaneous. Instantaneous. If you're in Africa, if you're in Australia, if you're in China, if you're in America, no matter where you're at in the world, you can instantaneously get on your internet and find out. Some of these things we see in here, we just take for granted. God doesn't take it for granted. He's running this stuff ahead of us. He's writing it so we'll know. So this Antichrist is assassinated. Somebody doesn't like him. They assassinate him because he's trying to rule the world. He comes back up, and when he comes back up, That's when the devil incarnates the Antichrist. He becomes the devil incarnate. What is Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is God incarnate. Jesus Christ is God walking around in the flesh. The Antichrist will be Satan walking around in the flesh. Look at, uh, if you want to turn, look at uh, Isaiah 14. There's a prophecy about this. If you want to turn there, if not, I'll read it to you. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 29. There's a prophecy about this. See, they think they're going to get rid of the Antichrist. They think, man, this guy's bad. We don't like him. And this time, they're going, to, they're going to kill him off. They're going to try to get rid of him. And God tells you what's going to happen when, that, when they try to do that. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 29. Rejoice not thou, whole Palestina. Oh, man, Palestine. Palestine, Palestine, Palestine. What's the one thing that the, every U.S. president wants to solve but not any, none of the U.S. presidents can solve? The Palestinian problem. The Israeli problem. And there's a prophecy right there that Palestine is involved in this. whole Palestina because the rod of him that smote thee is broken. Oh. For out of the serpent's root, the devil, shall come forth a cockatrice. And his fruit shall be a fiery, flying serpent. Also known as a dragon. You smite, he's been smiting you. You, t- you cut him off. You cut off his root. And whoop, what pops up? Something worse. He has that deadly wound. It's healed. And here he comes. The Antichrist. And they worship. Revelation thirteen four. And they worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worship the beast, saying... Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Who is like unto the beast? Who is like unto the beast? That's religiously. Religiously speaking, people will ask, Who's like this beast? There's nobody like him. He's from another world. He's from another planet. He's from another place. He does these miracles. He does these wonders. And we're about to read that. He does all these wonderful things. Who is like him? Nobody's like him. And they're going to accept him. Who's able to make war with him? Nobody, politically. This is a political statement. Nobody can come up against this beast. He's got Russia behind him. He's got China behind him. He's got America behind him. He's got all the world powers behind him. You can't make war against him. Therefore, when he says something happens, it's going to happen. It's a one world government. And there's only one man running it. The Antichrist, this visitor from outer space. The devil's come down, and he knows he has a short time, and he's full of wrath, this visitor from outer space. See, in Revelation 6, whenever that, uh, the Antichrist is prophesied to be, the seven seal is opened up in Revelation 6. It says, it's, it prophesies about this Antichrist in Revelation 6 two, And I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him. The Antichrist has a crown given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. What's interesting about that prophecy of the Antichrist rising up, when that set one of those seven seals, one of the horsemen is the Antichrist. That, that seal is opened up. It says he comes out and he's got a bow, but it doesn't mention any arrows. Just a bow. That speaks to political power. that that he doesn't have any physical power necessarily like Alexander the Great or Napoleon or Hitler, but he's showing up his political power. It's a bow without any arrows. It's a bow without any arrows. Revelation chapter 13, Revelation chapter 13, verse 5. And there was given unto him a mouth, talking about the Antichrist, given to him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue 40 and 2 months. So whenever he's resurrected, he comes up and he starts speaking blasphemies. Now in Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, Paul talks about this time that the, the, the Antichrist is going to come forth. He's going to come in. He's going to come into the temple and he's going to say, I'm God. Worship me. What is blasphemy? Blasphemy is trying to say that you're God when you're not God. Trying to take credit for God when he doesn't deserve credit. That's a blasphemy. That's an anti-God. That's an anti-Christ. That's that's the devil trying to get you to worship him. And this is going to continue for how long? Forty and two months. Forty and two months. That's three and a half years. There's that three and a half years again. 1,260 days, 42 months, three and a half years. All this is going to continue another for three and a half years. Because there's there's 70 weeks determined on Israel, according to Daniel. God says, I'm going to deal with you for 70 weeks. So when you study Scripture and you go through the book of Daniel, it says there's been 69 weeks God's dealt with Israel. There's one week left, a seven-year period, and this is that period. He's going to deal with Israel. All this stuff is to deal with Israel. But look at verse 6. And he's opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. Just like Paul said he's going to stand in that temple, right there, confirms to you there that he says in his tabernacle that there's going to be a third temple built. So one of the things Antichrist is going to be able to do when he comes in, he's going to show up as this alien visitor somehow. Now, to me, it's hard to comprehend it. He's going to get a third temple built on top of that mount in Jerusalem. What's up on that mount right now? Well, the Muslims are up on that mount, and they got that they got that Dome of the Rock up there. Big golden dome. You ever see Jerusalem? Pictures of Jerusalem is a big golden dome. They won't let any Jew up there. They won't let me and you up there. Just Muslims. They're the only ones allowed up there. Somehow or another, that third temple is going to get built up there. How is that going to happen? I have no idea. Here's my speculation. the uh, Antichrist comes in, visitor from outer space. He's the Mahdi. He's the one that the Muslims have been looking for. They're visitor from outer space. They're looking for him. Like we're looking for Christ to come back? They're looking for this guy to come back to Milan. Here he comes. He shows up, and he says, you know what? We need to build this temple for the Jews. That's the only way I can explain it. I have no other way to explain it, how he gets that third temple built. But do you know that the Jews are ready to build that third temple today? They got everything together. They got all the gold stuff built. They got all the gold. They got the heifers heifers, uh, raised up. They found the heifer. They got everything ready to go. They're just waiting to get up there. I've got videos and videos at home about this. What's holding them up? God. That's the only thing that's holding them up. And the Antichrist is going to come in and help them build that. third. There must be a third temple built. He's going to come in and do it. Verse 7. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints. Now the saints there are the Jews. When you see the word saint in there, it's not always talking about Christians. Sometimes it's talking about Jews. Either Jews or or Christians. Here it's talking about the Jews. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given unto him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. It doesn't matter what race you are, what color you are, what religious belief you are. The Antichrist is going to be controlling you and ruling over you over all the world. Get ready. Where are you going to be, Brother Keegan? I'm going to be long gone up in heaven it's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be raptured out. <laughs> Probably about this time, if you look at Scripture, right about this time, the judgment seat of Christ has taken place. There's going to come a time where Jesus Christ comes down, not all the way to the earth. He comes down to the clouds, and he there's a come up hither, and is, there's a rapture, and there's a moment, a twinkle of eye, the people are changed, the bodies are raptured out. Everybody, All the Christians are brought up. Jesus Christ takes us back to heaven, and the Bible implies that we go up to the judgment seat of Christ, and we go before Christ, and we answer for all that we've done for Him, either good or bad, on this earth. And while we're getting judged at the judgment seat of Christ, all this stuff we're reading out right here, right here is taking place down below us on the earth. After we get through the judgment seat of Christ, we have the marriage supper of the Lamb. The bride, the church is married to Jesus Christ. And after that marriage, we get up, Jesus Christ comes out on his white horse. Come on, let's go. And he comes up, Revelation 19, and down he goes to the earth, the battle of Armageddon. And he takes the antichrist and the false prophet and he throws them into hell. Battle of Armageddon. That's the timeline. Now we're in the middle of that timeline. We're up at the judgment seat of Christ. If you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you're up here. You've been raptured out. The wrath of God is not being poured out on you. This is all about the wrath of God. Right here is for those left behind, unbelievers. Verse eight: and All that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, worship the antichrist, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain, slain from the foundation of the world. I can't encourage you enough to have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. Well, how do I get that? By believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the only way you're going to get in there. He's got to write it down for you. Amen. Verse nine, if any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here's the patience and the faith of the saints. I think it's interesting that last night they had some big protests going on down in Austin. And this guy was running around with an AR. One of those protesters was running around with an AR-15. And he charged up to one of those cars with his AR-15. And that guy just shot and killed him right there. You're going to carry around a a gun, get ready to be shot by a gun. (laughs) You're going to carry around a sword, get ready to be killed by a sword. You're going to send somebody in captivity, you believe in slavery, get ready to be put into slavery. Whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. We need, the, the world needs to wake up and start understanding that principle. You're going you're to you're protest and have hate in your heart and be full of hate? Don't be surprised when people hate on you. The only way you're going to solve this is with love. Jesus Christ. Only way. Jesus Christ. There's no other way to bring peace but through Jesus Christ. The devil ain't going to allow it to happen. Verse 11. Now, it switches gears here, and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Ooh, this is what they call the false prophet. He rises up, now. he's going to lead everybody to worshiping the Antichrist. It says he comes up out of the earth. Now, in Daniel 7, it ties the earth and the sea together. And he comes up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb. See, he looks like a lamb, but he speaks like a dragon. Well, how's a dragon speak? When a dragon speaks, fire comes out. Pretty vicious. But he looks like a lamb. So he's a religious leader. He's called the false prophet. I'll show you that. Look at Revelation 16. Look at a couple of chapters. Revelation 16, verses 13 and 14. I'll show that to you. Revelation 16. Revelation chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. Let's look at this false prophet. He says here, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs, like frogs, come out of the mouth of the dragon, that's Satan, and out of the mouth of the beast, that's the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, there he is, what we just read. That's the unholy trinity. God's got the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Satan's going to set up his unholy trinity. That's Satan, the dragon, that's the beast, the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, that's an unholy spirit, unclean beast. Look at verse 14. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. The battle of Armageddon. But it describes them as frogs coming out of their mouths, just hopping around. Amphibians. Notice it's dragons. Serpents. Snakes, frogs, those amphibians. It's all those about, it's about those amphibians, back in Revelation 13. So this false prophet, he's called the false prophet there. verse uh, Revelation 13, 11, and he had two horns like a lamb. See, the world thinks that for a person to be religious, he's got to be soft. He's got to be like a lamb. He's got to be peaceful. He's got to be kind. He's got to be gentle. He's got to be uh, all these things, and he, that's the way this false prophet appears now. For, year, for probably uh, 1,800 years, going on 2,000 years, people who've read their Bible understand this to be probably the Pope. Verse 11, to be the Pope. The Antichrist shows up, and the Pope's going to leave the world to worship the Antichrist. Verse 12, And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him, and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So his main thing, his main, his main objective, the false prophet, is to get people to worship the Antichrist. Verse 13, And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Now when did that happen before? Well, if you know your Bible, that's what Elijah did. There was a contest where he said, Let's see who's God's God. And what did Elijah do to prove that, his, that, uh, that Jehovah God was God? He said, I'm going to let whoever's God can bring fire down from heaven. He's God. And Elijah's God did. Jehovah God brought fire down from heaven, burned up the sacrifice. Baal's prophets couldn't, ha- couldn't bring fire down from heaven. Therefore, the people turned and they said, Elijah's God is God. Elijah's God is God. Now we have here the end times. People are looking for miracles. People are looking for signs. I'll believe in God when he shows up. I'll believe in God if he'll talk to me. I'll believe in God if he'll show me. Show me God. And this guy goes up and says, Hey, I'll show you that I, I'm the real God, that the Antichrist is God. And he brings fire down from heaven. Verse 14, And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means by the means of those Miracles. Now, if you're still following along with me, I know I'm reading a lot of Scripture. But in Deuteronomy 13, God gives a prophecy about this. And you need to know this. Deuteronomy chapter 13, I'm going to read it to you because this is something you need to know. In the world today we're living in, you need to know this. Deuteronomy 13, 1. all this is Scripture. I'm giving you Scripture for Scripture. I'm just giving you the Word of God. Just trying to read it to you. I want you to sink in. I want you to soak in. Deuteronomy 13:1. If there arise among you a prophet, or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, all right. Somebody shows up. And he's able to do signs and wonders. Verse two. And the sign or the wonder come to pass. So here's a guy. It's a prophet shows up. He's doing these signs and wonders, or he's prophesying, and all this it starts taking place. Whereof he spake unto these, saying, Let us go after other gods. Which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. So there's a prophet going to rise up. He's going to start signs and miracles. And he's going to say, hey, we need to go worship this God, the Antichrist. The, this, this God over here. Let's go worship him. Verse 3. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Guys, sometimes uh, these miracles happen. God's just trying to figure out who really loves Him, and who doesn't. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, you're going to love His Word. Amen. And when you have somebody stand up that does a miracle or a sign or a wonder that goes against this Word, you need to ignore that guy or that woman. Or whoever it is I know a lady in town she's a very nice lady very sweet lady my wife knows exactly who I'm about to talk about she's one of the sweetest ladies you meet but every time I run into her she goes oh it's about to happen oh they're about, they're about to come and get us and when they come and get us they're going to do this now we're going to meet over here at, at the county road 615 at 615 it's going to happen on December 25th we're going to meet they're going to kill everybody it's going to happen you see it I, I, it's going to happen you're going to see it Kean you're going to see it and you better be out there because they're going to come kill us that was like eight years ago. She's always prophesying stuff to me. She's always pro- that none of it comes true. There's a lot of kooky people out in the world. There's a lot of kooky preachers out in the world. I don't think keeps me from being kooky is trying to stick with this book right here. And that makes me a little kooky. I'm still kooky. Amen. I'm talking about this book. Sticking with this word. Now now go back to Revelation 13, 14, if you're with me. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. We get a little bit more information. It sounds like somebody tries to use a sword to cut off the antichrist's head or to get him. Now in Zechariah 14, it talks about the idol shepherd. I-D-O-L, idol. Shepherd, and he's been hit, and he's got the one eye's darkened, his left eye's darkened, look his left eye, his arm is is shriveled up, that all comes from that wound he took by that sword. But now the false prophet says, hey, we need to make an image. Let's make an image to this Antichrist, an image to this beast. Now, I want to show you that in verse 14, it says there they should make an image to the beast, not of the beast. Now, what that implies is it it might be of, it might be an image of the Antichrist, but it could be an image that, something the Antichrist wants you to worship. Verse 15. And he had power to give life unto the image, look, of the beast. So it could be of, of either likeness of the Antichrist, or it could be owned by the Antichrist. And not necessarily of the Antichrist. But he has power to give life unto this image that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Revelation 20 says that the saints, some of the Jews are going to have their heads cut off. Back in 1992 when I first started reading Revelation, I thought, have their heads cut off like a guillotine, like they get put to a guillotine and get the guillotine. And then I turn on the news and what do we have the Muslims doing over there in Afghanistan, Iran, and Iraq. What do the Muslims do when they want to get rid of you? They cut your head off. <laughs> the Muslims are going to be tied to this somehow, some way. You've got to worship this image or you're going to die. What does that remind you of? You read your Bible, say, oh, all this just points back to what's happened in the past. Solomon, the wisest man to ever walk on earth, said, There's nothing new under the sun. That which is old is going to come new again. There's nothing new. It all's the same thing. So just like that, that fire come down from heaven, just like Elijah, that image being set up and say, you either worship it or die, that's Shadrach, that's Meshach, and that's Abednego. Amen. Nebuchadnezzar comes up. Nebuchadnezzar comes up and says, I made this image. Everybody fall down and worship. When you hear the sound of the music and the, tr- and the trumpets, you fall down and you worship, and you worship this image. And Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego would not worship him. Remember, they wouldn't bow the knee. I like it when people don't bow the knee. That's my political talk for the morning. <laughs> when I turned on the TV and I saw that Major League Baseball started back up and there was one, one, one guy that wouldn't bow the knee. God bless him. And it didn't surprise me to find out. He said, I'm a Christian and I don't think I believe in everything Black Lives Matters agrees with. God bless him. We still have some Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's around here that won't bend the knee. So they said, hey, you don't bend your knee. We're going to take you, and we're going to throw you in this fiery furnace, and we're going to kill you. And you know what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said? This is what they said. They said, you know what, O great king? We honor you, and we thank our God to deliver us. But, but, if our God doesn't deliver us, we're not bending the knee. Throw us in the fire. Music's played, Shadrach, Meshach, and don't bend the knee, praise the Lord. They take them, they throw them in the fire, and when they throw them in the fire, the guys that are throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire, they're burned up, the fire's so hot, they just, ah, just burns them up. And then Nebuchadnezzar gets up and he says, hey guys, look in there. Did I not throw three men in there? But there's a fourth one and he looks like the son of God walking around with them." And they're walking in the fire. And you know what Nebuchadnezzar has to do? Hey, y'all guys come out of there. They're with the Son of God. They don't want to go nowhere else. They're in the fire, and they're saying, Hey, you're doing walking with the Son of God. And it says when they come out, the three of them come out, they didn't even have smoke smell on them. There's gonna come a time where the Jew again is gonna either bend a knee or die. Bend the knee, worship the image. Think about a hundred years ago. How can you make an image that can talk? How can you make an image that can walk? How can you make an image that can speak? Guys, 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 are we not living in the end times? Man, y'all don't, I don't have to tell you that they got robots that look like a human now that are walking and talking. It's creepy, but it's your Bible come alive. <laughs> but this was only written, written 2,000 years ago. Who believes in the Bible? No. It's going to get worse. Just hang on. We're not even done this morning. We're about to get to the bad parts. <laughs> Let's read on. Verse 16. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Ooh, a mark. Hmm, that's interesting. What's this mark do? Verse 17. And that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. If you don't have this mark, you don't go into Walmart and are not allowed to buy anything. If you don't have your mask on, you can't go into Walmart and buy anything. If you don't do what we tell you to do, you can't buy or sell. They're getting you ready. Notice that mark. Notice that mark. Does that mark say on their right hand or on their foreheads? No, it does not. If you've got a King James Bible, that your Bible says that mark is where? It's in it. It's kind of weird and a coincidence now that they've got these little microchips about the size of a grain of rice, and they can implant those in there. Some of y'all have been keeping up with what's been going on in the world. And what you have going on in the world right there, verses 16 and 17, that's taking place before your very eyes. What you have to have, Before you can control the world, whether they might buy or sell, you've got to have a one-world government. We already got the one-world religion set right there, right? One-world religion. You either worship it or die. Now we've got to have a one-world government. And with a one-world government, you've got to have a one-world banking system. And if you have a one-world banking system, you can't have the, the German franc or the mark. And you can't have the, the American dollar and the British pound. You've got to have one system. You've got to have one cashless society. And as the world, the Antichrist has been has like sheep. We've been herded this way. Now it's got to where there's not a single person in here that doesn't have a debit card or a credit card. They're getting where they want you to use cash. Dun, 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 dun. The U.S. men ask Americans to start spending their coins to help with coin shortage spurred on by COVID-19. Did you know we're under, that there's a coin shortage? Now, be news to you. There's a coin shortage, so now they want you to start spending your coins, get them back into circulation, because there's no coins around. And you go into some businesses and they'll have signs on there. Please use exact change. Please use your debit card. We prefer a debit card. We prefer a credit card. Please don't use cash. Please. It's going to a cashless society right before your very eyes. Mm-hmm. A corn shortage. What? That's the biggest joke. I work for, I work for a trash a service. I know what's going on in the world, and I see coins laying everywhere. There's no corn shortage. My foot. But people, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a corn shortage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bill Gates. Bill Gates, he's not behind anything. This is my favorite thing. Bill Gates is not behind anything going on here. Bill Gates only started this, he's only started this foundation where he wants to vaccine everybody. And then he wants to have an ability to know if you've been vaccined or not. Now, how's he going to know that? Well, that leads to people going, oh, he's going to put a chip in us. So then Bill Gates, billionaire Bill Gates, has become a target of conspiracy theories related to the coronavirus pandemic, which the Microsoft co-founder says is bizarre. It's almost hard to deny this stuff because it's so stupid or strange that even to repeat it gives it credibility, Gates said. On a phone call announcing that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation's $1.6 billion to global vaccine. Ooh, global. One world government. One world health system. Since the start of the global pandemic, it's a worldwide problem. Gates has been the subject of conspiracies falsely linking him to the coronavirus origins in some way or another. It says, in fact, Yahoo News found that 28% of U.S. adults believed a debunked conspiracy theory suggesting Gates planned to use an eventual COVID-19 vaccine to implant monitoring microchips in billions of people. Now, y'all have heard that. I know a lot of y'all have heard that because y'all have said that to me. You heard what Bill Gates is trying to do? He's trying to implant these Chips, well, that's been debunked. He says, it, it's bizarre. It, you almost want to see it as something humorous, but it's really not a humorous thing is what Bill Gates said. So I went in and investigated this because I had so many Christians, including my sister, tell me, not this sister, another sister, tell me, hey, this Bill Gates is going to put chips on us. He's out to get us. He's going to get us. And I'm like, what are y'all talking about? I'm not on the Internet. I have no idea what y'all are talking about. So I said, I'm going to investigate this. So, I've been investigating it. I've got some good news for you guys, but I got some bad news. The good news is it's not going to be a chip. BBC coronavirus, Bill Gates microchip conspiracy theory and other vaccine claims fact checked. Okay, that's what I want. I want the BBC, that's over in England, I want them to tell me what's going on with Bill Gates. Rumors took hold of March when Mr. Gates said in an interview that eventually, this is what Bill Gates said, we will have some digital certificates, which would be used to show who's recovered, been tested, and ultimately, who received a vaccine. Now, I'm not the smartest guy in in this room, but when you say digital, digital? I've got a bunch of IT guys in here, and you say digital, there's a difference between digital and analog. Okay, for for us old-timers in here, Analog is like when you use a, a pen and paper to write something, and you get, send somebody a piece of paper, like the thank you card from Sister Holly, that was written animal, analog. Digital is when you type out an email, and it's all in binary code. It's all in the internet. It's all zeros and ones, and you can't, you can't physically touch it. Is that close to good? Is that a good illustration, or do I need to get one of y'all up here to preach? Is that, that good description? It's all zeros and ones? Digital will be zeros and ones? Analog would be a piece of paper. Is pretty close? He wants to use digital certificates. Now, how is that going to happen? That's not... See, i got this little mark right here. It's a, it's a polio. I think it's a polio vaccine. Anybody else have that in here? Right here on my shoulder? A little scar? You, you got Yeah, smallpox? Is that what it is? I've always wondered. And I'll see some uh, actors in movies that are about my age, and they'll have that same mark right here. Yeah. Here's what he goes on to say. The article makes reference to a study. Now, this is what the Gates Foundation is doing. Into a technology that could store someone's vaccine records in a special ink administered at the same time as an injection. So they want to use this ink where they can use a scanner to read it and it would tell them, okay? Now listen, now li- I'm not writing this. This is what the scientist said that's working on this. This is, a, this is what the scientist for Bill Gates said. However, the technology is not a microchip, it is more like an invisible tattoo. Do you understand what that scientist just said? Anna Jacklick, a scientist involved in the study, says it's not a microchip, it's more like an invisible tattoo. You know what a tattoo is? That's a mark. That's a mark, my brothers and sisters in Christ. <laughs> oh, it's, it's not a microchip. It's just a mark. It's like an invisible tattoo. It's just an invisible mark. It's going to go under your skin. And then we'll be able to. They'll put a mark in the right hand or in the foreheads. Do you see what I'm trying to show you? This Bible is running so far ahead of science and of man. God knows what's going to happen. He showed us what's going to happen. But are you ready? Are you ready? Amen. Amen. It's happening. Verse 18, here's wisdom. I'm closing here. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score and six. Six, six, six. The number of man is six. Why is the number of man six? Because man was created on the sixth day. Six, six, six. Three, three sixes, trinity. Unholy trinity. Six, six, six. You've got somebody, a man, trying to be God. Called the Antichrist. So many people are worried about the six, 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 the six, 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 the six, six, six. You need to be worried about Jesus Christ. See, the world is going to try, the devil's trying to give is going to try to give you a man. And he's going to say, accept him, or we're going to kill you. Worship him. And what the truth is, the honest truth is, from the very beginning in Genesis, we were doomed. Adam and Eve done that to us. They doomed us. They brought sin into the world. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We're all doomed and down to a devil's hell. All of us. It doesn't matter if the devil gives you a man or not. You're doomed. You're going to hell. That's what the Bible says. Amen. But God in His infinite grace and mercy gave you a way out. Amen. The devil says, Here's a man. He's not going to do the world any good. And God says... Here's a man, and it's Jesus Christ, and he's going to do the world all the good. He gives you a way out through Jesus Christ. The Christians are going to be long raptured out when this takes place. So if you're worried about taking the mark of the beast and you're a Christian, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about that. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to worry about that. Because I'm not going to read it to you, I'll just tell you straight out. Revelation 14 tells you, if you take that mark of the beast, you damned your soul to hell. That's why Christians are so freaked out about this. <laughs> well, I don't want that, I don't want that, I don't want that. And I had a brother come up to me and say, you're saying that if somebody takes a microchip that they're, that they're getting a mark? I said, brother, I didn't say that. What I'm saying is, your Bible is what your Bible said is coming true before your very eyes. And if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, my question to you is, why not? Amen. You're living in a time where you have to—you don't—you don't even need much faith. <laughs> it's right there. It's been—it's—it's it's right. There. coming before you, it's coming true before your very eyes. What are you waiting on about accepting Jesus Christ? What are you waiting on? Everything that's been prophesied has happening before your very eyes. Don't turn him away. I'm not trying, in the the closing of this sermon, I'm not trying to give you a plan. I'm not trying to give you a philosophy. I'm not trying to give you a plan. I'm trying to give you a man. And that man, his name is Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died on the cross for your sins. He was buried. He come forth the third day. He's alive. So when you bow your head and pray and ask him to save you, you know, believing that he can hear you because he's alive. Now, keep, if you want to go home, keep reading this story. You'll find out what happens to the Antichrist and the false prophet. And Jesus Christ comes back. It tells you everything's going to happen. And I'll go ahead and ruin it for you. We win in the end. <laughs> we win in the end. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for your grace and mercy. Lord God, thank you for your love. Lord, I thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord, I, I know I don't deserve salvation. I know I'm just a sorry, no good sinner. Lord God, as I sit here talking to you, I'm a sinner. But, Father, I just thank you that you love us and you have grace for us, Lord God, and you send us a man, and the man, Jesus Christ, that we might call upon that name to be saved, Lord God. Father, I pray as this world gets ready to receive the Antichrist, Lord God, and as this world gets ready to uh, make him comfortable and make him ready, Lord God, Father, I just pray, Father, that you'll give us the strength and the Wisdom and the ability, Lord God, to get the truth out, Lord God, and to tell a lost and dying world about Jesus Christ, Lord God. Help us to take our eyes off the world, Lord God, and put them on you and to see, Lord God, that you're coming back, Father. You told us that when these things come to pass, to look up, to look up that our redemption draweth nigh. Lord, we know you're coming soon, and we'd love for you to come back tonight, Lord God. Just take us out of this old wicked world. We love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. upon him